0: Thank you for listening to the podcast today. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. What is Anchor? Well, let me explain. Not only is it free, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. On top of that, Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and oh, so many more. But wait, there's more. Anchor has so much faith in you as a podcaster that they would love to be your first sponsor even before your first subscriber. Download Anchor today from the iOS or Android store or go to anchor.fm to get started. Remember, it's all you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, thank you for listening and have a great day. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls, the morning upload. Today's date is September 30th. 2021, And today we have a couple articles to get through, two as my standard. So we've seen a huge push from the federal government to, for people to get vaccinated or tested, so on and so forth. Now I'm someone who's going to just want to wait and see what the long-term side effects are, come hell or high water. I'm not getting a vaccine without some long-term trials are shown, you know, not to have you have flipper babies later on so I'm willing to wait Also, if you've been following some of the Project Veritas uploads lately if you haven't I highly recommend you go check them out Uh, Johnson & Johnson's employee literally told the person interviewing them not to get the vaccine and also said that they don't that the federal government doesn't want people knowing that the vaccine's full of shit on top of that as I previously covered in other articles multiple countries have outright banned Jane J. Moderna and the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Now, here in America, even during Trump, especially during Biden, we see corruption run rampant. Most of the information we get today about how the inside of the machine works are done by leakers and people who go into, I don't know, sort of the inverse of witness protection. People who go to people like James O'Keefe at Project Veritas, they go to them make themselves so public that if anything happens to them, it's a little suspicious. It's sort of the inverse but possibly equally effective version of witness protection. And for those of you who are saying, well, the FDA has approved the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, so it's safe. I'm not a doctor. Podcaster legal garbly gook, speak to your health professional, get an opinion, get a second opinion. I'd personally say if you're going to go that route, get a, a, a second opinion on, on this vaccine. But the two articles, first one from ProPublica by Kurt Morello. Headline is, FDA repays industry by rushing risky drugs to market. And the second article we'll be reading is, why is the FDA funded in part by the companies it regulates, by C. Michael White. And that's on The Conversation. That being said, this is the morning upload for Inside Four Walls. Without any further ado, let's get into it. So, as I've stated, the first article is from ProPublica. It is, largely to my understanding, a medical news and information site. article is by Kurt Merlot. Pardon me. Headline, FDA repays industry by rushing risky drugs to market. Oh, my mistake. The art on top of the page is by Kurt uh, Kurt Merlot. This article is by Caroline Chen. My apologies. And a little bit on the reporter. Caroline Chen covers healthcare for ProPublica. She is currently reporting on the coronavirus pandemic. Her 2019 story is on heart transplant program in New Jersey that prioritized metrics over patient care won the Livingston Award for local reporting. Her story on racial disparities in cancer clinical trials with Riley Wong in 2018 won the June L. Beedler Cancer Prize for Cancer Journalism online and multimedia reporting. Previously, she has worked at Bloomberg News where her coverage included the unraveling of the blood test maker Theranos. Oh, That's an old story. And the 2014 Ebola outbreak. She received her master's degree from the Stabile Program in Investigative Journalism at Columbia University, or CU, where she was awarded a Pulitzer Traveling Fellowship. Just a little bit on who wrote this article. This isn't Tomorrow's tomorrow standing news guard certified site, so just to give you back, a little bit of a background, I wanted to read the bio for Caroline Chen. Article begins, as pharmaceutical companies underwrite three-fourths of the FDA's budget for scientific reviews, the agency is increasingly fast-tracking expensive drugs with significant side effects and unproven health benefits. The same FDA that says the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is safe. I just want you to keep that in mind. And again, the headline for this is FDA repays industry by rushing risky drugs to market. NuPlazid, a drug for hallucinations and delusions associated with Parkinson's disease failed two clinical trials in a third trial under a revised standard for measuring its side effects or its effects, my apologies. It showed minimum minimal benefit. Overall, more patients died or had serious side effects of Nuplazid, 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 N U P L A Z I D, Nuplazid, nuplazid than after receiving no treatment. So effectively, this drug, Nuplazid was far more harmful to the person taking it than if they didn't receive any treatment whatsoever. Fascinating. Patients on Ulrich, U-L-O-R-I-C, Ulrich, a gout drug, suffered more heart attacks, strokes, and heart failures in two out of three trials than did their counterparts on standard or no medication. Nevertheless, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved both of these drugs. So the one drug, Neuplazid, Neuplazid was far more harmful to the person suffering hallucinations and delusions or Parkinson's than not seeking any medical treatment whatsoever. FDA approved. And Uloric, a gout drug, the FDA approved it even though two out of three trials showed, showed people suffering from more heart attacks, strokes, and heart failures. And that's in two out of three trials that ended its counterparts or standard or no medication at all. Fucking fascinating. Nevertheless, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved both these drugs with a deadly aftermath. The Ulrich manufacturer reported last November that patients on the drug were 34% more likely to die from heart disease than people taking an alternative gout medication. I guarantee you that over it was over-the-counter stuff. Not anything you need a prescription for. It. Someone over-the-counter, then again, I have done much pre-research into this article. I only read little bits and pieces of it. So, who knows? Perhaps, how do they pronounce it again? Uloric. Uloric. Is an over-the-counter. Let's find out. So, according to HopkinsArthritis.org, it is a prescription drug. Uloric is a prescription drug. Alright, so as I was saying, I will safely assume that uloric wasn't even half as effective as when you can get over-the-counter without a prescription. That tends to be how these things work out. Now, back to the article, a little rewinding. Patients on uloric were 34% more likely to die from heart disease. And that's the manufacturer reporting that. Then people taking an alternative gout medication. And since the FDA fast tracked approval of NuPlazid and it went on to market in 2016 at a price of $24,000 a year, there have been 6,800 reports of, of adverse events for patients. It doesn't say effects, it says events, adverse events for patients on the drug, including 887 deaths as of this past March 31st. That's March 31st of 2021. The FDA is increasingly greenlighting. Expensive drugs, despite dangerous or little-known side effects, and inconclusive evidence that they curb or cure disease. Once widely assailed for moving slowly, today's FDA reviews and approves drugs faster than any other regulatory agency in the world. Between 2011 and 2015, the FDA reviewed new drug applications more than 60 days faster on average, than did the European Medicines Agency. Europe has also rejected drugs for which the FDA accelerated approval, such as F-O-L-O-T-Y-N, Fuliotin, Fuliotin, I'll go with, which treats a rare form of blood cancer. European authorities cited, quote, insufficient evidence of health gains from Fuliotin, End quote, which shrinks some tumors but hasn't been shown to extend lives. It costs more than $92,000 for a several week course of treatment, according to research firm SSR Health. Now, what is SSR Health? SSR Health LLC is the leader in U.S. prescription brand drugs, pricing data, and analytics. Our priority, our priority net price database is recognized as a critical source of industry data by academics, brand manufacturers, and trade associations, policymakers, and the mainstream media. So, fuck them. All that boils down to fuck them. Now back into the article. As patients or their insurers sell out tens or thousands or tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. For unproven drugs, manufacturers reap a windfall. For them, expedited approval can mean not only sped up sales, but also if the drug is intended to treat a rare disease or, severe, or serve a neglected population, the FDA intensifies, intent, incentivizes worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So the same right now, if there's a, let's say there's a novel virus that rolls into town and it's pretty new on the scene, spends about a year wrecking havoc on the general population, and some company just stands and goes, we have a treatment for it. The FDA will rush it through approval process. And with that happening and it being one of the very few people stepping and being like, I have the magical cure for this disease. Well, the FDA incentivizes it to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Not that I have any particular novel disease in mind. Quote, instead of a regulator and a regulated industry, we now have a partnership, said Dr. Michael Carone director of the health and research group for a nonprofit advocacy organization public citizen Whew. and a former US Department of Health and Human Services official or DHS quote that relationship has tilted the agency away from a public health perspective to an industry friendly perspective and quote while the FDA over the past three decades has implemented at least four major routes to faster approvals. The current, the current commissioner, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, is easing even more drugs path to market. The FDA okayed 46 novel drugs whose chemical structure hadn't been previously approved in 2017 and in at least 15 years. Wow, a chemical structure that hasn't been previously approved in 2017, the most in at least 15 years. Wow. At the time, it's rejecting fewer medications in 2017, the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research denied 19.7 percent of all applications for new drugs, biologics, and efficiency supplements. Down from 20 down from a 2010 peak of 59.2 percent, according to the agency's data. President Trump has encouraged Gottlieb to give patients faster access to drugs. Quote. You bring that down. You're bringing that down, right? Trump asked the commissioner commissioner, at a May 30th event referring to the time it takes takes to bring drugs to market. Quote, You have a lot of good things in the wings that, frankly, frankly, if you move them up, a lot of people would have a great shot. He said. Faster reviews means the FDA often approves drugs despite limited information. Also, Trump's not a doctor. You should just kind of shut his fucking mouth when it comes to medical procedures. I think the most agreeable thing I've ever heard him say about the vaccine is you should talk to your doctors about it. And he still got booed by a decent chunk of his audience, too, at his own rallies. You see his face when he he, he sees... Our administration brought to the forefront one of the greatest, okay, the greatest vaccines the world has ever seen. Medical professionals said that it was impossible to have it out in the time we did it, but we did it in just under nine months. Y'all should go get vaccinated, and the whole crowd started booing him. Booing him. And you see his face. He, like, recoils. He's like, whoa, what? Like, he wasn't used to seeing that from his base. Right? now there's a little bit of a side tangent here. But you never see that from, he never saw that from his own base. And then he goes, or, or, or. What you should do is you should go talk to your doctor. Find out what's best for you. He definitely said it of a lot smoother than I just impersonated him. But, he is, I hate to admit it, but we're being honest with ourselves, he's become a vaccine shell. There's a lot of things I love about the man. There's a lot of great policies. There's a lot of great... I love largely how he pissed off everybody. All the people we've been wanting to see get mad. All the people that have been fucking us over hated him. And we love to see them fucking see the cope and just thrash around for four fucking years. But there's a lot of things about Trump that I fucking hate. One of them being him being a vaccine shill. I get it. It was his operation that got the vaccines made. He's probably very, very, very fucking proud of himself. I get it. I'm not necessarily holding against the fucking guy. I just don't like that he doesn't. Also, I don't really trust the vaccine. But I'm also not a medical professional. It channels more... Into the article again. It channels more and more experimental uh, treatments, including nuplazid, into... Uh, ooh, I was going to sneeze. Expedited reviews. They require only one clinical trial to show a benefit to patients instead of a traditional two. Also, going off the last little rant I just did, I do want to add that a lot of times people on the right get accused of being in a cult. And there very much is... Like, you got the QAnon crowd and shit. There's very much... Uh, a certain level of people that have a a a cult like um, admiration for Trump. If you go on my Rumble, and, oh, he's fucking his Rumble again. Yes, I am. There's a video. I can't remember which one. It's one of my at a Trump uh, like Trump gathering, filming the people still going on holding their independent Trump rallies. There's a guy who shows up and he goes on a whole conspiracy theory about Trump, how he's the God King, and I. Like, If he's being ironic or he's doing it for the meme, he's very fucking good at it. Uh, But you never hear people on the left booing Joe Biden. But Trump got booed. People who paid money and traveled and or people who took time out of their day to go see a former president speak to a crowd. Actively booed the president they went to go see when he brought up vaccines. Meanwhile, Democrats, a lot of them are willing to say, oh, the economy is great. And they also tell you on CNN, CNN came out and said, doing your own research is harmful. And I ask you, who is in a cult? Who is in a fucking cult right now? And the people on the right have no institutional power. They have none. At least, not currently. I have a feeling with how things are going. If we, especially now with uh, what's going on, I, I might cover this later. Uh, it's only coming out of RBN, or RSBN, I should say. Uh, I guess the Arizona Attorney General is investigating the entire state for voter fraud based off the irregularities they found in the recent audit. we could very easily see a red wave. The Democrats are doing everything they can in their power to definitely make sure that fucking happens. But I I ask you, Trump supporters are willing to boo Trump and bash him on policies. Meanwhile, the left is so mum to the word when it comes to dealing with Joe Biden or being honest with him. I remember I spent an entire month just traveling around talking to Trump supporters people on the left would say oh trump's a racist i hate the way he talks you know i i i wish he would do shit differently i don't like how i don't like i wish he would shut up a little bit and you hear a lot of the same thing from trump supporters a lot of trump supporters are like i like him he just needs to shut his fucking mouth occasionally i wish he wouldn't talk so much i wish he would handle himself a little differently you hear a lot of the same complaints on both sides but you never hear the left so yeah, Joe Biden tripped over his own words far too much. Yeah, I don't like that Obama always read a script. You never hear these complaints from the other side. So who is really an occult? Anyway, now that I've done that little rant, let's get into the article again. The FDA also increasingly allows drug makers to claim success in trials based on proxy measurements, such as shrunken tumors, instead of clinical outcomes like survival rates or cures which take more time to evaluate in return for accelerated approval drug companies commit commit to researching how well their drugs work after already have gone after already going on the market but these post marketing studies can only take 10 years or longer to complete sorry can take 10 years or longer to complete leaving patients and doctors with lingering questions about the safety and the benefit. (sighs) Yeah, in the Project Veritas video, I was actually listening to them earlier and watching them after I got out of work. Two people who are directly related to the vaccine rollout from Johnson & Johnson, they talk about how we have no long-term trials. We have no long-term idea of what side effects of this vaccine might be. Because there have been, as they said, hasn't been like a 30-year study on it or anything. Now, it's a little hyperbolic to say you need 30 years, but you should at least have maybe 5, 10 years before you just go out and claim this vaccine's the end-all, be-all of COVID. Just an idea. And the fact that they're approving this shit, we've already seen a huge increase in myocarditis and some 64% of the entire country's current hospitalizations with COVID are all people who are already vaccinated or recently double vaccinated. Meanwhile, the CDC has shown that most Americans naturally have some, like, it's upward of like 80% of Americans already have some natural protection against COVID and people who have already had COVID getting double infected is ultra rare. (laughs) So, it's as easy to buy a scientist as it is to buy a politician. It's probably cheaper to buy a scientist instead of a politician. Keep that in mind. Quote, clearly, accelerated approvals has greater uncertainty. Dr. Janet Woodcock, head of the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, said in an interview, When only a single trial is used for approval, quote, in some cases, there may be more uncertainty about safety findings or with the magnitude of effectiveness. She attributed the increased use of expedited pathways to more drug makers developing treatments for rare diseases, quote, where there's unmet need and where the patient population and providers are eager to accept it. There is more uncertainty. The FDA's growing emphasis on the speed has come at the at the urging of both patients and advocacy, advocacy 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 groups and industries, which begin which began in 1992 to contribute to the salaries of the agency's. Drug reviews in exchange for a time limit on review. In twenty seventeen, Pharma paid seventy five percent or nine hundred and five million of the agency's scientific review budget for branding and generic drugs compared to twenty seven percent in nineteen ninety-three. Quote The virginity was lost in ninety-two, said Dr. Jerry Avron, a professor at Harvard Medical School, quote, once you have that pain relationship, it creates a dynamic that's not a healthy one, end quote. Industry also sways the FDA through a less direct financial route. Many physicians, caregivers, and other witnesses before the FDA advisory panels that evaluate drugs receive consulting fees, expenses expenses, payments, or other remuneration for pharmaceutical companies. Quote You know who never shows up at the advisory committees? The people who died in the trials. Lament lamented one former FDA staffer who asked not to be named because he still works in the field. Quote, nobody is talking for them. The drug industry lobbying group, pharmaceutical and Pharmacentricals research, pharmaceutical research and manufacturers of America continues to push, push for ever faster approvals. In a policy memo on its website, Pharma, P-H-R-M-A, warns of, quote, needless delays in drug review and approval that led to longer development times, missed opportunities, and high drug development costs, and delays in treatments reaching patients. The agency has internalized decades of criticism that paint it as an obstacle to innovation. Daniel Carpenter, a professor of government at Harvard and author of a 2010 book on pharmaceuticals on pharmaceutical regulations and the FDA, quote, they now have a built-in fear of overregulation that set that sets in the, that set in over the last twenty years. To be sure, nobody wants the FDA to drag out drug reviews unnecessarily, and even critics acknowledge that there's no easy way for agencies to strike the perfect balance between sufficient speed and ample information, particularly when patients have no other treatments available or are terminally ill. Quote, I think it's reasonable to move drugs faster, particularly in the case where you're dealing with an extremely promising new product, which treats a serious life-threatening disease, said Dr. Aaron Calcium, an associate professor at Harvard Medical School, quote, the key though, when you do, that is that you're, God, I hate reading these quotes. Quote, the key though, when you do that, is that you've got to make sure you closely follow the drugs in a thoughtful way. And unfortunately, too often, we don't do that in the U.S. End quote. Greg Konslives, or Konoslavs used to be a member of ACT UP, the HIV advocacy, advocacy group that tried to take over the FDA's headquarters in Rockville, Maryland in 1988 accusing the agency of holding back cures. While he didn't storm the FDA building, Gonslaves participated in other protests that led to the FDA to accelerate approvals. Now an associate professor of epidemiology at Yale School of Public Health, he said he fears HIV activists quote, open Pandora's box, and that the industry and anti-regulation think tanks pounced on it. Quote, we were desperate. We naively had the idea that there were hundreds of drugs behind a velvet curtain at the FDA being held back from us. He said, quote, 30 years of our rash thinking has led to a place where we know less and less about the drugs that we pay more and more for. There's a lot of truth to those words. After... Thalidomide. T h a l i d o m i d e, taken by pregnant women to prevent nausea, caused thousands of babies in the early '60s to be born with stunted limbs. Jesus. Oh man, that's what the uh, the the butler from Scary Movie Three had. His mom was taking a uh, thalidomide. Thalidomide. Even sounds like some sort of like villain. Born with stunted limb in the 60s. Actually, wait a minute, my mom knew somebody. Guy named uh guy's name was Jim. has like one arm. That like his hands like around where his elbow is. It's just like a couple of digits just sticking out of like a nub. Like he has a whole arm. It's just super tiny. And it's like a few fingers sticking out where his elbow should be. Or approximately where his elbow should be. It's like the rest of him grew up and kept a baby arm the whole time. Anyway, a little side note. It's probably not even that. It's just... I never really thought about it until now. <gasps> Ooh, excuse me. Congress entrusted the FDA with ensuring that drugs going on the market were both safe and effective. Based on, quote, substantial evidence... From multiple trials. Assembling this evidence has traditionally required three stages of clinical trials. The first is a small cohort of healthy volunteers to determine safe a safe dosage. The second to access the drugs' efficiency and the side effects, efficiency and side effects. And then, if the results are positive, two larger trials to confirm the benefits and monitoring the safety issues an FDA team of two of in-house reviewers is then assigned to analyze the results and decide whether the agency should approve the drug. If reviews want if your viewers want more input, the agency can convey an advisory committee of outside experts. <laughs> As the FDA's responsibilities expanded in the 1970s, review times began to lag. Researching more than 35 months on average in 1979, the AIDS crisis followed soon, therefore, or sorry, as followed soon thereafter, prompting complaints from uh, gun slaves and other activists. Their protests spurred the Prescription Drug User Fee Act in 1992, which established industry fees to fund the FDA staff salaries. In return, the FDA promised to review drugs within 12 months for normal applications and six months for priority cases. The the more that the FDA relies on industry fees to pay the drug review Pay for drug reviews, the more it shows an inclination towards approval. Former employees say, "Well, kind of, duh." God, is this is gonna tie into the other article I was gonna read. Why the FDA is funded in part by companies it regulates? Jesus, I wonder. Maybe there's a reason I picked these two fucking articles. Maybe it's because of Russell Brad video. Quote. You don't survive as senior official at the FDA unless you're pro-industry, said Dr. Thomas uh, Markinake, a former FDA medical team leader and a longtime outspoken critic of how drug companies handle clinical trials. Mark Quick, retired in 2014, quote, the FDA has to pay attention to what Congress tells them to do and the industry will lobby to get somebody else in in there if you don't like if they don't like you. <laughs> Let me read that again. The FDA has to pay attention to what Congress tells them to do. And the industry will lobby to get somebody else in there if they don't like you. So say there's a particular vaccine. That people are saying, oh, I'll only take it if the FDA approves it. And all of a sudden, Congress starts making all these moves to try and pressure people into taking a certain vaccine. And the FDA just approved one. And it happened to be the one from the world's largest pharmaceutical company. <sighs> no, no, that wouldn't happen. No, not at all. I'm, my, I wear a MAGA hat, and my other has made a tinfoil. Senior staff... Uh, sorry, staffers know, quote, you don't get promoted unless you're pro-industry, he added. This tilt is reflected in what senior officials choose to highlight. The agency's Center for Drug Evaluation and Research gives internal awards to review teams each year, according to Marcinek. Mm, M-A-R-C-I-N-I-A-K. Let's see. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, he's very accredited. Hmm. Marciniak. Marciniak. No, that's right. I that was pronounced okay. According to Marciniak, and former FDA employee who requested anonymity, I'll suffer with that word. Both said they had never seen an award granted to a team that rejected a drug application. The FDA did not respond to ProPublica's request for a list of award winners. Higher ups would also send congratulatory emails to medical review teams when a drug was approved. Quote, nobody gets congratulated for turning a drug down. but you get seriously questioned said former staffer, said the former staffer according to the agency's attitude is quote, keep Congress off your back and make your life easier. God, that's not something you want to hear when it comes to a an agency like the FDA that literally approves, I don't know, a certain uh, BioNTech vaccine that is now being pushed in the workplace for workers to take. You're right. Dr. Peter Lorre, a former associate associate commer- commissioner who left the FDA in 2017, recalled that John Jenkins, director of the agency's of office of new drugs from 2002 to 2017 gave an annual speech to employees summing up the years accomplishments. Jenkins would talk about quote about how many approvals were done and how fast d- and how fast they were. But there was nothing in their saying we kept five bad drugs off the market. said Lori. Now now president of the nonprofit Center for Science, in the public interest in Washington, D.C., Jenkins declined to comment, quote, I personally have no interest in pursuing people and pressuring people to approve things that shouldn't be approved. The actual person who would be accountable would be me, Woodcock said. She added that the FDA's, quote, accountability to the public far outweighs pressure we might feel otherwise. Congress has authorized one initiative after another to expedite drugs approval. Let me reread that. Congress has authorized one initiative after another to expedite drug approvals. That is the, the Congress directly influenced the FDA to approve drugs. Drugs include vaccines, shots, over-the-counter, whatever. And by the way, to a lot of you healthy guys out there, you know, bench-pressing, getting, getting the gains. And you take muscle supplements and shit, you do realize most of those aren't FDA-approved, right? So if FDA, FDA approval is everything to you. Why are most of your proteins and supplements you take for your exercise and shit not FDA-approved? I'm just curious. Most of them aren't. Congress has authorized one initiative after another to expedite drug approvals. In 1988, it created the, quote, fast-track regulations. In 1992, the user fee law formalized, quote, accelerated approval and a priority review. When the law was authorized in 1997, hey, that's a good year. The goal for review times was lower from a year to 10 months. In 2012, Congress added the designation, quote, breakthrough therapy, enabling the FDA to waive normal procedures for drugs that showed substantial improvements over available treatments. Quote, those multiple pathways were intentionally designed to be The exception to the rule. And now the exceptions are swallowing the rule. Kesselheim said. 68% of novel drugs approved by the FDA between 2014 and 2016 qualified for one or more of these accelerated pathways. Kesselheim. Or Kesselheim. Kesselheim. And his colleagues have found. Once described by Rachel Sherman, now FDA principal deputy commissioner as a program as a program for quote knock your socks off home run treatment and quote the breakthrough therapy was or breakthrough therapy label was doled out to 27% or 28% of drugs approved from 2014 to 2016. Newplazid was one of them. It was created in 2001 by a chemist at Acadia Pharmaceuticals, a small biotech firm in San Diego. Pfizer BioNTech, hmm. They're not the same thing. I'm just that term. Eight years later, in the first of two phase three trials, it failed to prove its benefits over a placebo, which means what does that mean? They put a actual, they put lupizid up against like a sugar pill. And they said, this sugar pill here, well, they said, this drug right here will treat this disease. For, uh, it was hallucinogens. Or, or uh, hallucinations, sorry. Lupazoid was designed to treat hallucinogens. In people with Parkinson's and shit. They said, this will treat these hallucinations. And they gave them a one batch, got one pill that did nothing. It was nothing. It was like sugar. Pressed into a pill. Then the other one was the actual medication, lupazoid. Lepazoid? Nuplazid. Sorry, Nuplazid. I had to look down my notes here. So one group was given Nuplazid, and the other one was given a placebo, which was like a sugar pill. And the people who took the sugar pill had better results than the people who took the actual medication, Nuplazid. Placebo effects. I mean, it's two out of three trials. Two out of three trials to placebo. Two out of three times, the placebo had better effects than the actual medication. Shame. The company, which had no approved drugs and hence no revenue stream, halted the second trial, but wasn't ready to give up. Arcadia executives told invest- told investigators that the trials failed because the placebo patients had a larger-than-expected improvement. They asked the FDA for permission to revise a scale of use to measure the benefits, arguing that the original scale, which was traditionally used for schizophrenia assessments, was appropriate for patients with Parkinson's-related psychosis. The agency agreed to this new scale, which had never been used in a study for drug approval. So they took... Basically, they said, hey, the scientific method doesn't work for me. Can we use uh, Dr. Seuss science? And the judge went, hey, the, z- the silly zingy yingy mabobber works better. So use the silly zingy hibba mabobber. And the cat in the hat pulled out three vaccines out of his ass and shoved them in your face. They completely changed the traditional scale of measuring the effectivity, efficiency of a vaccine, or, well, in this case, a fucking psychosis schizophrenic drug that showed to not be very effective to begin with. They said, hey, the means we normally use to decide whether or not something works, uh, it says it doesn't work. Can we change how we measure this to make it say it works? And the FDA went, sure. Hey, look, it works. Now using this new, pulled fresh from our ass, measurements. Wunderbar. Since there was there were no treatments approved for Parkinson's related psychosis, the FDA also granted ugh, Acadia's request for breakthrough therapy des- designations. And agreed that Nuplezid needed only one positive phase three trial instead of two for approval. In 2012, Acadia finally got the positive trial results it had hoped for. In a study of 199 patients, Nuplezid showed a small but statistically significant advantage over the placebo. Mind you, this is after they've changed the way they measured it. FDA medical reviewer, Dr. Paul Anderson was skeptical, analyzing all of Newplad's trial results. He found that you would need to treat 91 patients for, se- for seven, 91 patients for seven to receive the full benefit. Five of the 91 would suffer, quote, "serious adverse events including one death. He recommended against approval, citing, quote, an unacceptability increased. Drug-related safety risks of mortality and serious morbidity. The FDA convinced an advisory committee to help it decide, meaning it influenced the advisory committee. Fifteen members of the public testified at the at its hearing. Three were physicians who were paid consultants for Arcadia. Four worked with Parkinson's advocacy organizations funded by Arcadia. Sounds like a lot of Arcadia money went into getting people to agree to this shit. Including pressuring the FDA to change the way they measured the effectivity rates of this disease to make it better than a placebo, which is just like sugar pill candy, essentially. It's a dot on a piece of paper. Never had dots? Fucking, not not like the, the juju fruit, like candies, like little jelly things. No, it's a piece of yellow, blue, red, and pink hard candies on paper. this fucking worse. You eat more paper than you do candy. Anyway, the company paid for the travel of three other witnesses who were relatives of Parkinson's patients and made videos to show the committee of two other caregivers. Two speakers, the daughter and granddaughter of a woman who suffered from Parkinson's, said they had no financial relationships with Acadia. However, the granddaughter is now a paid, quote, brand ambassador for New All begged the FDA to approve New I'm not paid by this company who employs me to be a brand ambassador. They don't pay me. I work for free. Of course, that saying she worked for them later on, but I'm, I'm sketchy. So a bunch of people from Parkinson's advocacy groups who get paid by Acadia went on trial and said this drug made by Acadia is good. And one of the people, well, one of the two people whose grandparent apparently had Parkinson's said this is fine and that one of the two people who said that this is a fine drug, highly recommend 11 out of 10 would would sell to a friend, is now a high-ranking employee at the plaza. food for thought. Quote, Acadia or its consultants interacted with some of the potential speakers to facilitate logis- logistic logistics my god, I'm tripping over words today. And reimbursed for travel as a, as is common practice. Acadia's spokes, uh, spokeswoman Alina Ridloff said in an email, quote, all speakers presented their own experiences in their own words and said a hotel we paid for and flew on a plane we paid for and got paid to say what we wanted them to say. Oh yeah, not to mention uh, all these groups are in our pocket. Nice. The only speaker who urged the FDA to reject the drug was a scientist at the National Center for Health Research who has never had any financial relationships with Acadia. So the only person there who didn't receive any money from Acadia said, hey, this drug sucks. Don't take this drug. This drug will fucking kill you. Your Parkinson's is a disease that makes you have more shakes than fucking Dairy Queen. Uh, Well, also, you know, Give you an increased rate for heart failure and failed two of its three trials and then they had to pay the FDA to completely revise the way in which they measured these drugs effective rates uh, is shit. Don't use it. The witnesses please affected the witnesses please affected the panel members who voted 12 to 2 to recommend accelerated approval. Yikes pay to win boys. "Quote, if there were a safe and effective alternative on the market, I would have voted. I would not have voted yes," said Almut Winterstein, a professor of pharmaceutical outcomes and a policy at the University of Florida. Uh, that's U of you fucked up, U of You of fucked. "Quote, but I think that in particular." The public hearing today was very compelling. There clearly is a need. Dr. Mitchell Mathis, director of the FDA's Division of uh, Psychiatry Products, cited with the advisory panel overruling Anderson, quote, even the small mean improvement in disabling conditions without an approved treatment is meaningful, Mathis wrote. Adding that its safety profile was no worse than other antipsychotics on the market. Like other antipsychotics, NuPlazid carries a warning on the label of increased deaths in elderly patients with dementia-related psychosis. Since NuPlazid's approval in 2016, Acadia has raised the price twice, and it now costs more than 33000 a year. As New Plazid began to reach patients, reports of adverse events poured in while it's impossible to ascertain whether the treatment was responsible for them. The sheer number increasing the 887 deaths are mind-boggling. Said Diana Zuckerman, president of the National Center for Health Research, or the NCHR. No, that's not just a Fallout thing, apparently. In more than four hundred instances, New Plaza was associated with the worsening hallucinations, one of very one of very symptoms. It was supposed to treat. That's what happened to. Terrence Miller, the former Hewlett, Packard, and the Sons microsystem employee who was diagnosed with Parkinson's in the early 1990s. About five years ago, Miller began to experience mild hallucinations, such as seeing cats and dogs in his home in Menlo Park, California. I mean, there's worse things to hallucinate. I mean, you could hallucinate a six-foot-five rabbit named Harvey. Please tell me that there is not a six-foot-two rabbit standing behind me. Because whenever I ask people to see the big fucking rabbit, they say, I don't see the fucking rabbit. And I know he's there. I know he's fucking there. I ask him for a drink. He just brought me a fucking drink. But no one else seems to see the big fucking rabbit behind me named Harvey. I will literally high-five whoever the fuck figured out what I was just referencing there. It's such an obscure fucking reference. Thanks, VHS. Burned copy of Howard the Duck with the fucking old ass thing on it before the movie Howard the Duck began. God. But again, that's not really that bad. I mean, it, it's definitely convenient. Like, you're hallucinating cats and dogs? I mean, are they at least friendly cats and dogs you're you're hallucinating? Or are they, like, ravenous? Like, 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 church from... Fucking Pet Cemetery and Cujo, or are they like the Disney versions of cats and dogs? Are just like super chilled out. I just, I'm just curious. At the time, he realized that the animals weren't real, and that the visions didn't bother him, so he didn't take any medication for them. But two years later, after surgery for after surgery for a hip injury, the hallucinations worsened. Cat and (laughs) Quote. He was convinced that he hadn't had the surgery yet and people were going to harvest his organs. Wow, yeah, that's definitely a huge spike in like the scary charts from just seeing cats and dogs and being like, people are going to take my kidneys. Recalled his wife, Denise Sullivan, quote. He'd see spaceships outside the window and had to call security to help restrain him. Jesus. In 2016, Dr. Salima Brillman prescribed Nuplazid. Miller tried Nuplazid twice for a few months each time. His his hallucinations became darker. Quote, I'd say, Who are you talking to? And he'd say, they're telling me to do bad stuff. Who? That's nothing you want to hear, man. That's how uh, the government gets you to do uh, to do what the government wants you to do. You know, like shoot up a country music festival from your balcony. Oh shit! Yeah, that guy was definitely uh, an FBI asset. Guy who shot up that country music festival. No two ways about that shit. He he was he was a government plant. So are most people that do mass shootings. Read the bio. Biased against the state. Yeah. Just managed to smuggle all sorts of fucking firearms and shit. Duffel bags full of them. Multiple trips worth of firearms. With no one asking questions. Guns too big to fit inside of bags. Just got into his room. Right. Right. Quote, they're telling me to do bad stuff. Sullivan said, afraid, quote, he might hurt me because of what his evil friends were telling him. Sullivan, who was paid more than $1,000 a month for the drug, uh, a month for the drug out of her own pocket, who paid more. She was paying more than $1,000 a month for the drug out of her own pocket. Then stop the treatment. What Sullivan and Miller didn't know is that Brillman earned fourteen thousand four hundred ninety-seven in consulting fees from Acadia in 2016, ranking as the company's seventh highest-paid doctor. The government's records show the top five prescribers of New Placid in Medicare, the government's health program for the elderly, all received payments from Acadia. Dr. David Kurtzman, how does that name sound familiar? Of Comac, New York, Cummack, New York, prescribed the most one thousand, uh, sorry, one hundred twenty-three thousand two hundred ninety-four dollars worth of New Placid for eighteen patients in twenty in twenty sixteen, according to the data company CareSet. He was paid 14203 in consulting fees. $203 in consulting fees. Brillman and Kurtzman didn't respond to multiple requests for comments. Why would they? Miller's new doctor switched him onto Seroquil, an old drug long-used off-label for Parkinson's-related psychosis. With it, he's sleeping better, and the hallucinations while remaining... Have become more benign again. He's I seen cats and dogs again. He walks outside. Is that what is that? Is that a fucking cat, Emma? Hey, there's a weird fucking cat outside on the fucking lawn. I don't want to start in a fight with Lucy. <laughs> Meanwhile, the weird cat on the lawn and Lucy don't exist. They're just his happy little head friends. He's like Bob Ross with imaginary friends. Just in my pocket is nothing, but to me, it's a beautiful little squirrel. Uh, becoming more benign, Sullivan said, Patience, like Miller, whose hallucinations worsen, may not have been on New Pleasant for long enough, said Ridloff. Uh, are you kidding me? Millers, whose hallucinations and may not have been on New Plaza long enough," said Rudolph, an Acadia spokeswoman. Yeah, he should have been out longer. Could have killed his entire family. Fucking uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The, the guy who went around and he killed all his family in his in the fucking house with a shotgun. No one woke up. Got like a million Amityville, like the Amneville kid, you gotta just, just heard voices in his head and killed his whole family. The 887 reported deaths of New Placid patients may have been an undercount. A nurse in Kansas, who specializes in dementia care, said a resident in one of the facilities she worked at had no history of cardiac issues, yet died from congestive heart failure. Within a few months of starting New the nurse requested anonymity because she continues to work in nursing care facilities. Quote, we questioned the ordering physician, whether it should be reported to the FDA in revelation to New And he said, quote, oh, no. The drug rep said this couldn't have happened because of New Placid. Yeah, the person who works for the drug company selling us the drug said this couldn't have happened because of the drug we bought from them. Otherwise, they'd have to reimburse us. And they'd have to admit that the drug's bad. It's not bad. They said it wasn't. And it was never reported, she said. Acadia's Acadia's Ridloff said such behavior by by a sales representative would be, quote, absolutely not consistent with our protocols, policies, and procedures. Yeah, our our company has a strict rule against you telling patients that it's our drug that hurts them. Don't do that. Makes us look bad. She said that deaths are to be expected among patients who are elderly and in an advanced stage of Parkinson's but that new plaza does not increase the risk of mortality quote acadia's top priority has been to continue has been and continues to be patient safety that's why we had them change the scale in which they rated the approval rate of our drugs so it would be more in our favor we also greased the palms with a bunch of partisan and acti- activists so they would come out to our drug safe Oh, we also uh, greased the palms of a bunch of other high-ranking officials in Congress, apparently. She said, quote, we carefully monitor and analyze safety reports from clinical studies and post-marketing reports. Remind you, they don't do long-term studies until it's already in the market, as we read earlier. Marketing reporting to ensure the ongoing safety of New Plaza based on the totality of available information, Acadia is confident in New Plaza's efficiency and safety profile, end quote. After a, oh, after a CNN report in April about adverse events related to New Plaza prompted lawmakers to question the FDA's Gottlieb said he would, quote, take another look at the drug. Agency spokeswoman Sandy Wolf confirmed Isn't isn't Sandy Walsh the chick Chris Chan blames for the entire school career? Oh, no, that, that's like Sandy Lee Walsh. Ah. Confirmed that an evaluation is ongoing, and the FDA, quote, may issue additional communications as appropriate. New placid isn't the only drug approved by the FDA, by an FDA senior official against the advice of low-level staffers. In 2016, Internal reviews and advisory committees called for rejecting a drug for a rare muscular disease called uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, DMD. Only 12 patients partic- participated in a single trial that compared the drug. Uh, Exodis. Exodi E-X- O-N-D-Y-S. Sendi fifty one with a placebo. Trials show that Expedin or Expedi Exindi? I'll oh, go with Exundi 51 produced a small amount of uh Dystrophin Let's uh see how this word's pronounced Dystrophin. Dystrophin. Something scary. Dystrophin. Oh, I getting it right. Dystrophin. Hey, look at me getting big words right. Dystrophin, a protein Duncane patients lack. Dutching? Cannot be saying that right either. I'll make sure you get the scenes right. I'm getting a lot of wrong. Duchenne. Oh, Duchenne. Not what I got from the spelling of it, okay. Duchenne patients... Okay, so... Single trial that compared the drug Exodi-51 to a placebo trial results show Expedol Expedi-51 produce a small amount of dystrophin, a protein... Damn it. I forgot what it's pronounced. Fuck. Duchenne. Okay. Duchenne patients lacked. But the company didn't show that. The protein increase translated into clinical benefits like helping patients walk. Woodcock approved the drug. Internally, FDA documents later revealed that she was concerned about the salt. Oof, sorry. Solvency of the drug maker, Sper, Sperpta Therapeutics, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. A memo by the FDA's acting chief scientist recounted Woodcock saying that SERPTA, quote, needed to be capitalized. And might go under if Expedi- Expedize 51 was rejected. <laughs> Expedite 51 went onto the market with a price tag of 300000 a year. Jesus. That's nearly half of what the federal government is threatening to fine people yearly who don't have uh, all their uh, 100 plus employees vaccinated. Quote, we don't look at a company and say they'll have lower standards because they're poor but we're trying to recognize that. Small or large companies will never work on developing a drug if they won't make a profit, said Woodcock. our job is to work with the field and with the firms to try and find a path forward, especially on rare diseases where a large trial is impractical, she said. This episode is going to run pretty long. I'm sorry, guys. This article is a lot longer than I anticipated. Last month, the European Medicines Agency Advisory Committee rec- recommended rejecting Expedia 51's application, saying, quote, further data is needed to show lasting benefits relevant to the patient. Wow. Sparepta is asking the committee to reconsider. The company said in, in a June press release The debate over Expedit 51 centered on the value of a so-called surrogate endpoint, a biological or chemical measure that serves a proxy for whether the drugs actually treat or cures the disease. Surrogate measures speed drug development because they're easier and quicker to measure than patient outcomes. Some surrogate measures are well-established. Lowering cholesterol has been proven repeatedly to help reduce heart attacks and strokes, but others aren't, like how much destafin needs to be produced to help. Duchenne. To help. Duchenne patients raise concerns that the drug may be approved despite uncertain benefits. The jury is still out on two other drugs, Fullotin and Sertunro, which received expedited approvals based on surrogate measurements. There is no profit that foliatin helps patients with rare cancers. Oh, okay. Peripheral Peripheral T cell lymphoma an actual disease okay live longer while Suturo and antibiotics for multiple drug resistant tuber cirrhosis oh my fucking god this is why i can't be a doctor These big medical words fuck me up every fucking time because they're like uh what is this word tuberculosis i'm retarded for multiple drug resistant tuberculosis has potentially fatal side effects yet since both drugs were aimed at smaller or underserved populations the FDA rewarded their manufacturers with valuable I'm gonna just to show how litter I really, really am watch there's going to be a fucking word, but I'm, gonna, I'm, supposed to be fucking, I'm supposed to fucking know and just be able to... Requisite. Yeah, I'm retarded. Pre-requisite. I need to get glasses. I really do. In a clinical trial, folio time reduced tumors in 29 out of 107 patients. But the shrinkage lasted longer than 14 weeks in only 13 people. So that means after 14 weeks, 13 people's shrinkage in tumors just kind of grew back to normal-sized tumors, if not worse. Since everyone in the study got foliatin, it wasn't apparent whether the drug would help patients do better than a serious side effect, would would do better than a placebo or another drug. Meanwhile, 44% of participants in the trial suffered serious side effects, including sores in mucous membranes. Sores in mucous membranes. Mm. Including the mouth, lips, and digestive tract. and The lower levels of blood cells that help with clotting. One patient died after being hospitalized with sores and lower white blood cell counts. All tumor shortages or tumor shrinkages is commonly used Surrogate measurements in (laughs) is commonly used surrogate measurements in cancer trials. It's often has a low correlation with longer life expectancies, according to a 2015 study. I would say to a patient, this drug may be more likely to shrink a tumor, either practically, either partially or even completely, but that may in fact Pyrrhic, Pyrrhic, I fucking hate medical words. Pyrrhic, Pyrrhic, okay. Pyrrhic victory, if it doesn't help, you live longer or better, said Mikkel Sekeres, director of the Leukemia Program at the Cleveland Clinic of Cancer Center who voted against approving foliatine at the FDA's advisory panel discussion in 2009. He was outvoted 10 to 4. Three years later, the European Medicines Agency rejected that drug because Ferrafal T-cells, T-cell lymphoma, only affects about 9,000 Americans each year. The FDA designated foliatin as an orphan drug, giving its manufacturer Allos Therapeutics tax incentives and at least two extra years of making exclusively Nevada based Spectrum Pharmaceuticals. Acquired Allos in 2012 at more than $92,000 per course of treatment. Foliatin is Spectrum's top-selling product, earning about $43 million in 2017. Eric Jacobson, clinical director of the Adult Lymphoma Program at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, has become disillusioned with Foliatin since he helped Allos run the original trial. Quote, Enthusiasm for the drug has waned, he said. Quote, It's been on the market for a long time, and there's no additional data suggesting benefit. He now prescribes other options first, particularly because of the mouth sores foliatin can cause, which makes it painful to eat or drink. The FDA approved... Surturo in 2012 without requiring Johnson & Johnson hey look who it is, J&J the manufacturer oh uh, sorry the manufacturer to demonstrate that patients on the drug were cured of tuber- tuberculosis tuberculosis instead Johnson & Johnson only had to show that the treatment when added to a traditional drug regimen killed bacteria in the spectrum faster than the ow regimen alone Surturo was, success, was successful by that measure but ten patients who took it died five times as many as the two in the group on the placebo man imagine you die you get to have guys like yeah you died from a fucking sugar pill because you thought it was going to kill you Dean Fellman, a biostatistics expert at the National Institute of Health, or NIH, voted as an FDA advisory committee member to approve Serturo, but wrestled with how to read the spectrum data in light of a higher death rate. Quote, the drug could be so toxic that it kills bacteria faster. But it also kills people faster. I mean, that's one way to cure it. Just kill the host. disease is cured. You know, it, it's that simple. How, how, how do you cure a brain tumor? Well, we shot him in the fucking head with a cannon. And, uh, well, the cancer died with him. So we cured the cancer. And any future problem the patient might have with one simple treatment of 1.5 tons of lead rocketing through their fucking cranium cured. Oh, we also cured JFK of his uh, asthma and any other future issues he might have. politically. That's what you get for the big big bitch. <laughs> the imbalance in deaths during the trial, quote, was a safety signal that led the FDA to require, quote, its most serious warning in product labeling, known as a boxed warning. Agent spokeswoman Walsh. This evil bitch. The packaging, she added, specified that Sertoro, quote, should only be used for patients for whom an effective TB regimen cannot otherwise be provided. <laughs> Thus, current labeling provides for a safe and effective use. Under a 2007 provision, In the user fee law aimed at spurring treatments for developing nations, Serturo's approval qualified Johnson & Johnson's for a voucher given to the manufacturer who successfully got a topical disease drug to market. The voucher can be used in the future for any drug to claim priority review within six months instead of the usual ten. Time is money in the drug industry, and beating your competitor to market can be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Vouchers may also be sold to other drug makers, and have garnered up to $350 SERPTA received a voucher under a similar program for, pediatrics, for pediatric rare diseases when the FDA approved Exodi-51 in South Africa where Sertoro is mainly used, the drug is seen as helpful as a helpful option for highly drug resistant patients. A study at one South African hospital by Doctor Cretin, by Dr. Cretin, Deda found that forty five out of sixty eight patients who took Certiro were cured against as against 27 out of 204 before the drug was available. That doesn't rule out the possibility that Sertiro may be killing a small subset of patients, said DEDA. I'm not saying data. I'm saying DEDA. D-H-E-D-A, that's her name. But the risk is, quote, very minor compared to the disease itself. Adrian Thomas, Johnson & Johnson's Vice President of Global Public Health, said in an interview that observational results since the drug went on the market make him, quote, much more confident that there is no more unexplained imbalances in mortality. And that the benefit, quote, benefit to risk in drug-resistant tuberculosis is incredibly reasonable when you don't have any other treatment choices. Yeah, when you're not competing with anybody, uh, you know, it, it's it's quite useful when it's the only drug to compare it against mm-hmm. Still, the World Health Organization said in twenty sixteen, in a twenty sixteen report, that the quote, equality of evidence remains very low regarding Surturo, quote there is still some residual uncertainty for mortality the group said and quote specific harms to the respiratory system continue to be observed while the fda expedites drug approvals its content its content to wait wait a decade or more for post-marketing studies that manufacturers agree to do, definitively answers about Surturo are likely to be lacking until 2022, so a year from now, when Johnson & Johnson is expected to finish its study, a full decade after the drug was approved. Yeah, I'll be waiting to read that article, too. Hopefully it's not an hour and a half long podcast like this one's going to be, because fuck, the bitches were long. Really long. God damn it. Uh, when Johnson & Johnson is expected to finish the study a full decade after the drug was approved. Studies of Nuplazid and Fuliatin aren't expected until 2021, so this year. Spectrum has missed two FDA deadlines for post-marketing studies on Foliatin. Spectrum spokeswoman Ashley Winters declined to comment. Post-marketing studies often take far longer to complete than pre-approval trials, in part because it's harder to recruit patients to, uh, to risk being given a placebo when the drug is readily available on the market. Plus, since the drug is already on the market, the manufacturer has no longer no longer has a financial incentive to study its impact. And stands to lose money if the results are negative. Of post-marketing studies agreed to uh, agreed to by manufacturers in 2009 and 2010, 20% had not stated five have not stated five years later, and another 25% are still ongoing. That's creepy. So. When they said they were going to give you the results of these trials, they just were like, eh, "Don't worry about it. We ain't worried about it, bitch. Why are you worried about it?" And despite taking so long, most marketing studies of drugs approval of drugs approved on the basis of a basis of surrogate measures rely on proxy criteria, meaning fake criteria. Again, rather than examining uh, clinical effects, a.k.a. real effects, on patients' health or lifespan. In fact, Fuliatin's post-marketing trials will measure what's known as, quote, progression-free survival. Progression-free survival. Or the time it takes before tumors start to grow back or grow again. Oh, Jesus. But not whether the patients live longer. Taking this, we'll get rid of that tumor, but we'll take 10 years off your life. Oh, uh, well, we got him back 10 years later. Uh, the tumor's still gone, and they only lost 20 years of their life. Doctor, you said 10. I say a lot. I say a lot of shit. You listen? Yikes. Providing that a drug extends survival is especially hard in cancer trials because patients don't want to stay in a trial. If their disease gets worse or may want to add another experimental treatment. Quote, in cancer, we're probably not going to get a clean answer, Woodcock said. Instead, the best evidence that cancer drugs are effective would be an increase in national survival rates over time, she said. <laughs> By law, the FDA has the authority to issue fines or even pull a drug off the market if a drug maker doesn't meet post marketing requirements. Yet the agency has never fine has never fined a company for missing a deadline, according to Woodcock. Quote We would consider fines if we thought companies were simply dragging out, dragging their feet. Jesus fucking Christ all these notifications set to be quiet. They still pop up. I hate that. Quote, We would consider fines if we thought the companies were simply dragging their feet, but we would have the burden to show they really weren't trying. It can't be that hard to show they're not trying. And it'd be an administrative thing that companies could contest, said Woodcock. Like And it would. Even when post-marketing studies blatantly confirm that the drug is drugs are dangerous, the agency doesn't always pull them off the market. Consider Yulric, the gout treatment. Even though it's consistently lowered uh, uric acid blood levels, the FDA rejected it in twenty in 2005 and again in 2006 because the trials linked into cardiovascular problems, but a third study by the manufacturer Tekeda Pharmaceuticals of Oskiago, Japan, didn't raise the same alarm. So the agency declined in 2009 to let the drug on the market while asking uh, Tekeda or Takeda for a post marketing study of 6,000 patients to clarify the drug's cardiovascular effects. Ulric had a 22% higher risk of death from any cause and 34% higher risk of heart-related deaths than patients taking... Damn it. Allopurinol. Allopurinol. Okay. Patients taking allopurinol, a generic alternative, the FDA issued a public health alert in November twenty seventeen, sharing the results. Of the trial, but left Ulrich on the market. We know it's bad for you, and this over the counter, cheaper alternative is way better for you, but we're gonna keep this badge on the market. Fuck you, bitch. Public citizens, public citizen has warned patients to stop taking Ulrich. Quote, there is no justification for using it, said Karom. Quote, if the results of the most recent study has been available prior to FDA approval. The FDA likely would have rejected the drug. FDA spokeswoman Walsh said it is, quote, conducting a comprehensive evaluation of this safety issue and will update the public with new information, when there is new information. Tekeda is working with the FDA to, quote, conduct a comprehensive review. Spokeswoman Kara Hoger said in an email, the company wants to ensure that, quote, physicians have comprehensive and accurate information to make educated treatment decisions. Thomas Moore, senior scientist of drug safety and policy at the Institute for Safe Medication Practices, warned that future post-marketing findings of New could have similar, could be similarly bleak. Ulrich quote, "Is the story of New Placid, but a few years down the pike." He said. Nevertheless, the FDA commissioner, Gottib, or Gottlieb, or Gotlib is forging ahead with more shortcuts. In May, he announced plans to approve gene therapies for hemophilia. Remember the fear of blood. Based on whether they oh hemophilia, on whether they increase the levels of clotting proteins, without waiting for evidence of reduced bleeding, that is some dark shit. Two years ago, a president, Dr. Ellis Unger, FDA's director of the Office of Drug Evaluation, had warned against precisely this initiative after woodcock approved xandi 51 in 2016 unger wrote quote a gene therapy designed to produce a missing clotting factor could receive accelerated approval on the basis of a tiny yet inconsequential change in levels uh, in levels of the factor, quote, uh, quote, the preceding set, the, prece- the president set here could lead to the approval of drugs for rare diseases without substantial evidence of effectiveness, like a certain vaccine we all know and worry about. Gottlieb seems less worried than Unger, quote, for some of these products, there is going to be some uncertainty. Even at the time of approval, Gottlieb said when announcing the plan, quote, these products are initially being aimed at devastating diseases, many of which are fatal and lack available therapy. In these settings, we've terminally been willing to accept more uncertainty to facilitate timely access to promising therapies. His decision pleased investors. That day, while biotechnology stocks overall fell, shares of hemophilia gene therapy manufacturers rose. And that is the end of that article by Caroline Chen. Since this episode is running so long, I am going to wrap this episode up here and read the second article for my 1 o'clock upload. I will see you there at 1 o'clock. Have a great rest of your morning. If you would like to read the entire article for yourself, I just read it now, but again, I'm not a doctor. A lot of the words, no matter how embarrassing that- Embarrassingly obvious, they should have been to me reading them. I did my best to find actual pronunciations of them. Ganyar, but I highly recommend you read the article for yourself. It will be in the description of this podcast. Go give it a read, share it with your friends, get the word out there in general. Okay, that's the official end of this episode.